Podcast, the Batman podcast for people who love 50th episodes. I'm Danny. I'm Wallace. I didn't know it was our 50th episode. It's our 50th ish episode. The timeline's a little confusing, but we are watching every Batman movie ever made from 1943 to the present. Wallace, what did we watch this week? We watched um, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and it's basically our 50th episode. We did do a 49th, which was not released because I thought I lost it, and I did another 49th, and then I found the original 49th. But this will be the 50th one that's released. So there will be a oh, 49th wow. where we talk about how it's the 49th probably next week. So don't be confused if you're listening to it and we're saying it's the 50th and then we go back in time. We're time travelers. We're time travelers. That's all. Yeah. That's so exciting. 50 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. We've only been doing it like a little over a year. Yeah. And I'm a flaky person. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I brought Jacob in because of that. I'm sorry. Yes. I know myself. But you know what? Jacob's not here today. He's not here. I am. We're going back to our roots, just you and me. And Batman. And Batman, just like it used to be at the beginning. Wow. Just the three of us. Yeah. Um, so we had a mix up about when we were doing the podcast this week. We did. We did. We're we're doing things a little bit weird. Uh we're watching Dark Knight Rises this week. We normally try and go in order. And so we're skipping ahead a few years. We did have a guest lined up who uh, we're going to have this week and skip ahead because he worked on The Dark Knight Rises. What? Yeah. But he had a cocaine emergency and could not make it. And so he... That he had to get some? That yes. he had too much? Oh. <laughs> Nobody has too much cocaine. I mean, I feel like that's the whole point of selling it is that you have too much. Uh, it's like okay. a yard sale. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yard I overbought Coke this month. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get some of I gotta get rid of it before it expires. No, before it goes bad. I, it's like the old people and they go to the grocery store and they just keep buying bottles of ketchup and then you go into your grandma's house and she has 12 bottles of ketchup. And like, <laughs> it's time to put me mom at home. <laughs> my, my stepmom is like that. She has just so much of everything. And uh, when I went to, to their, um, their house with my ex-girlfriend who was an alcoholic, and we found that uh, Cindy had like 15 bottles of wine. And uh, she, uh, your girlfriend bring a big purse with her? <laughs> no, she was just like, uh, she was legitimately an alcoholic. So she believed everyone else was also an alcoholic. Oh. And she was like, oh, she has all this wine. She's an alcoholic. And I'm like, no, but she also has 30 bottles of shampoo. And like fifty tubes of toothpaste. Yeah, she just buys like everything in extreme bulk. Is she a couponer? I don't know if she's a couponer so much. I think she just likes to stockpile and like make sure that she's never going to run out of anything. She's just like super prepared. Like she's already there are no grandkids on the horizon, and she's already buying like toys and like water floaty things so the uh, grandkids don't drown and. So, I mean, she doesn't, I mean, she sounds prepared for everything, but, like, a move. <laughs> yeah, she's not prepared She's not that. prepared to move at all. <laughs> wow. I love extreme couponing people. I think they're, like, the closest thing to, like, what the Joker actually would be as a person, as far as, like, he took all the evil out of it, just, like, the mental, like, 
acumen of like, oh, I'm obsessive about this one thing, and I've gained the <laughs> system. They're paying me money to buy this stuff. But it's like, but do you really need that much stuff? I think the joker, if you were just couponing, would be taking coupons like the wrong stores just to fuck with them. They, they honor them a lot of times. Yeah. And you'd be like, ha, 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 I'm giving you a coupon for Best Buy, and this is Staples. And, and I'd be like, like okay. okay, yeah, we honor coupons from competitors. You'd be like, oh, that's not, oh, okay. Well, uh, well thanks. Uh, do you guys deliver? Yeah. <laughs> so this is not a good idea. I don't think we should no, make this movie. Not as good as the um, FBI police fan. Yeah. The movie guy. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was, uh, we can talk about that in the air. I don't think we're going to follow through oh, with that not. idea. The follow through for us is bad. It's not good. For me, at least. Yeah. We just had this idea that uh, an FBI agent who believes he's going to be tracking in serial killers and ends up just getting tra uh, trapped in like the copyright in infringement division and uh hilarity ensues yeah it's it was funnier when we talked about it than i'm making it sound. <laughs> i don't know maybe it's good we'll keep it keep it close to the vest and then if we do something with it then we got something for it yeah what uh what have you been up to how are you doing Wallace? i'm good just been working a lot a lot of yeah. people have been quitting at the place i work at and so i worked five days in a row last week Ooh, which is like hard. a normal person <laughs> well like a normal person who works 10 to 11 hours on your feet every day. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so it's uh, tough. Uh, I just finished my clown show last Sunday. That's right, I meant to ask you, how was that? Weird. Yeah? It was weird. Uh, I put a picture of the makeup on the Instagram in case anyone wants to see it. It's at a mouthy broad. It's the one where my face is painted white. In case there's any <laughs> um, it was a, a show about... Um, a bunch of secretaries in an office who all have mental illnesses that present themselves more and more um, acutely as the trajectory of the show goes on. And there's like a catalyst when you go in this room with like a scary supervisor person and something happens and then you are more crazy. There's a part where we're all like holding hands, walking in a circle, doing a grapevine. But there's no words, right? No dialogue. There's no dialogue. At all. Okay. Not a single word was spoken. So you're in clown makeup like from the start? Or yes, you become... start off okay. in clown makeup. It's just your So face. it's clown secretaries. Clown secretaries, yes. The show is called The Corporated Secretaries. It was put on by um, Lunatic Clown Posse, I think, or... Wait, really? That can't be the real. Yes, it is. Lunatic Clown Posse? Yes. Yes, it is. And I almost laughed out loud the first day the director said that because I thought he was kidding. Yeah. But he is, in fact, French, and I do not think that he was kidding because there is a Facebook page for them. So... And it's really cool. <laughs> like, some of the stuff they do with clowns... You're a juggalo. Right. I was... I wish... Juggalo. You're a professional juggalo. Fan. Fago. <laughs> love it. Actually, 100% legitimately would love to go to a gathering. Yeah. I'm fascinated by jugglers. Do you see that, um, wasn't there a documentary? I've watched at least 10 hours of documentaries about jugglers. They're kind of wonderful. They're amazing. There's also a couple of great hour plus long videos on YouTube of um, a lot of juggalo gatherings. They have like a Miss Jugglet competition, mm -hmm. includes a talent portion. 
It is trash. I love it. Highly recommend it. Miss Juggalette. Miss Juggalette. That sounds amazing. It is phenomenal. There was a woman who attempted to rap and did not do a good job. She forgot all the words. There was a woman who belly danced. Uh, a lot of times they flash the camera because that's a good way to get extra crowd votes. You know, sure. Boobs. Um, I'm familiar. <laughs> you know, boobs. Flashing. What yeah. do you mean by flashing? You are, oh, boobs. You heard of the, the uh, boobs? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does the the ones in the front? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. Yeah. The the top front. Yes. Gotcha. Top, top fronts. fronts. That's what I call them. Top fronties. <laughs> you know, top fronts. That's what everyone calls the them. The old top fronts. Ah, some uh, good old-fashioned top fronts. I remember the time I saw some, <laughs> I first saw some good old-fashioned top fronts. You know who was really famous for her top fronts? <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Oh, oh some, man. Some great top some fronts great on that broad. top fronts in old Hollywood in general. <laughs> really pointy top fronts. Yeah, right? I don't think top fronts used to be as good. I think they've gotten better. The technology's gotten better for the top technology, fronts. Yeah, That's top for fronts. sure. That's for sure. Are there a lot of, is there a lot of technology in top fronts? Yeah, bras. Oh, I guess so bras. Like okay. Weird Instagram ones. Uh, Wait, Instagram ones. They have like sticky bras on Instagram that you like lace up and it makes your boobs look better. Wait, sticky bras? Yeah, sticky bras. When you have like a, a dress, you can't wear a regular bra because the straps will show. Oh, so it's like a strapless bra. No, it like it sticks to your boobs. Just so it's like only like the front part of the bra. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Some women go to great lengths not to um, like look like they're wearing a bra. My trick is just don't wear a bra. <laughs> and it has been very successful for me. It has probably been a solid four to five months since I have worn a bra. Hmm. You know, just keep on going. I got this um, uh, emulator thing for my TV where it um, you can play, it, it has every Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega, Game Boy, all these things. Cool. Yeah, like every game loaded already. And so this past week, I got to play Super Mario Brothers while my girlfriend sat there topless. And that was something I never thought, if you told me, when I was eight years old, I would get to sit around playing Mario with topless women, and then on the weekends, I would talk to my friends about Batman for hours at a time. I, I don't know. That would have been Your just... Your parents would have told you to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They would have been like, Danny, stop it. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Some, someday you're going to have to grow up and face the real world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Topless... Living my best Topless life. Topless top fronts. Living my best life right now. Uh, so what did you think of this movie, The Dark Knight Rises? Well, first of all, this is the only Batman movie I've ever seen in a movie theater. Really? Yes. I actually skipped the first two Batman. I never saw them. <laughs> you never saw them at all? Well, I've seen them now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I... When I first saw this movie, I'd never seen the other two in the Chris Nolan trilogy. Mm -hmm. But a guy I liked in high school was like, hey, we're going to go see Batman. And he like, oh, I was like, yeah, I love Batman. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. I can't wait. Oh, my God. I'm so obsessed with Batman. 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 <laughs> I love the Batman. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love when he does the punchings. I love the bats. He's 
he has those little bat friends. <laughs> you know? You mean Robin? Yeah. Oh, I hope he gets the Jaker this time. <laughs> yes. I mean, I knew more about Batman than that. Okay. Like, basically, that was me. And I was just like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go. Great. So it was like him and a couple of our other friends. We went to see it. And I still thought it was fucking awesome. I was, mm-hmm. just, I was like walking out like fist punch in the air. <laughs> like, just so into it. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm surprised. I thought you hated Christian Bale. I don't like Christian Bale. I think it's a great, it's still a great movie. Okay. I mean, Jesus. You know who else loved this movie? Who? Donald Trump. Big fan of this movie. He tweeted about it when it came out. He made like a YouTube video about how much he loved it. And some people have said he stole lines from his inauguration speech from this movie. From which character? From Bane. Hey, that's good. I actually pulled up... Some of it is a, a bit of a stretch... But um, most of it is a bit of a stretch. But there's this one clip that it's it's pretty similar. Uh, here's here's Trump and here's Bane doing pretty much the same line from uh, Bane's speech in Trump's inauguration. And giving it back to you, the people. And we give it back to you, the people. <laughs> and giving... <laughs> well, isn't that kind of great? I pooped a little bit. <laughs> also, I do have to say that I think that Tom Hardy's interpretation of the line is like way better. Um, but still, isn't it weird that two of the biggest movie to- movies Tom Hardy have been in, uh, Bane and then Mad Max, his like whole face is like covered for the whole movie. That new movie he just oh, just came out and he wears a fighter pilot's mask the entire time so you can literally only see his eyes. I don't remember who the director is. What movie is this? Um, I'll look it up while we're talking. But I don't remember who the director was but I remember reading an article where he talked about how um, it's someone he's worked with before and he was like Tom Hardy is like such a tremendous actor that I think the great challenge for that it's interesting to give him challenges like having only his eyes to act with for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently it was amazing. Dunkirk. It just came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's also Christopher Nolan. I think you're right. I'm checking right now, but it is. Yeah. Did you know that Christopher Nolan uh, and his brother wrote this together? I did. Christopher Nolan was not sure he wanted to come back after The Dark Knight because he kind of felt like how many great third movies in a sequel are there and he felt like there there wasn't anything left to say and so he was reluctant to come back but he finally decided that he had a story that was worth telling and that kind of wrapped things up do you think he felt guilty for um Heath Ledger dying in some way I don't know I don't think you can blame that on on him oh I'm not blaming it on him I'm just saying as a human being do you think that he felt any kind of guilt or responsibility for that I'm sure as a, as a human being, anytime somebody you know dies tragically, there's you can't help but take on like a little bit of guilt. You can't help but wonder on some level if there's something you could have done differently. I feel like if it were me, when I were in that position, and I were like to go forward working on films with actors who took such method approaches, mm-hmm. that I would put more safeguards in check, just like... You know, that someone checks in on them once a day, whatever. You can do whatever you want, that's cool. But just as a matter of, like, 
having a touch point with reality every day. Just take yeah, a minute I, of like, that's not your responsibility. But at the same time, we're all human beings. We're all in this together. I, I don't know. I don't know how much I buy the... I mean, we'll talk about this more when we do The Dark Knight, but I don't know how much I buy the idea that he got sucked into the Joker persona and, like, lost that reality. I think he just had a drug problem. And I, I don't think that uh, having someone check in with you, drug addicts are snaky, and if they don't want you to know that they're an addict, they will try and hide that, and sure. they will try and pretend like they're not doing drugs. And Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think every time that someone's like, oh, it's an accidental combination of drugs, and I was like, oh, so they're just... You know, pill bowls. Do you remember hearing about that? There was like a, I remember being in high school and there was like a CNN thing where it was like, high schoolers are going to parties and dumping their parents' pills into bowls and just taking handfuls of them. Where's your child tonight? And I was like, that's definitely not happening. Yeah, anytime they do a news story about about that kind of thing, I was, I mean, now I wouldn't know about it, but when I was a teenager, like I'd never heard of anyone no. like fermenting banana peels and getting high off this. This is not a thing anyone I know is doing. Super Mario Blow. Teenagers fermenting banana peels to snort and get high. Where's your teenager tonight? <laughs> there was something like that when I was in college where... We both have college degrees. Yes. No big deal. Not to brag. Not to brag. Uh, supposedly teenage were, teenagers were like... From, they were like shitting in water oh, bottles. Yeah, like prison stuff. Yeah. And like, I've heard of that. That's actually a real thing, I think. That was not something I or anyone I have ever no, met no, did. No, no, But there is like a thing on the internet of that. I'm sure there's been like five I believe people if you contact that. the 4chan, <laughs> you can find something. I'm sure somewhere out there there's people who did, but I don't think it was ever widespread. Somewhere out <laughs> there. Someone's fermenting shit. What were we talking about? Uh, we're talking about drugs. And oh, and that... where our guest fellow was. Yes. I don't want to go into great detail because I don't want to blow up his spot. I want to know when we get off air. Um, but Tom Hardy, was a, he's also in Star Trek, one of the Star Treks. Inception. Inception, maybe? I don't know. That's another Christopher Nolan movie, right? I have no idea. I hate Star Trek. And, no, Inception. Oh, Inception. I thought you meant Star Trek Inception, which probably doesn't exist. Doesn't in, exist. Inception, Inception is a separate movie. movie yes. the top. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. Not yes. familiar. Yes. But uh, Tom Hardy was in one of the Star Treks, and it was a huge bomb. And I read this article about that, and about how it was, like, so bad, it drove him to start smoking crack. And then you read deeper into the article, and he had previously smoked a lot of crack, and he just stopped temporarily. And he's like, well, how much blame do you put on Star Trek then? He was already a crackhead. He just stopped like a couple months for this movie, and then he went back after the movie. That kind of explains uh, that movie Bronson. You ever seen that? I haven't. Very weird. Yeah. Definitely crack while he's doing this movie. It's about like a scary guy goes to jail. I watched it on a weird date once. It's Tom Hardy being Bane, but without a mask, kind of. Hmm. I'd definitely check it out. It's on Netflix, I think. I saw another Christian Bale movie on a date. I saw... Newsies. No, that would have been a better choice, probably. I saw... What was Terminator Salvation? Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those. It wasn't good. Oh, I'm shocked. Yeah, and I expected it to just 
like make out through the whole thing. She was not into that. And there was a guy with Down syndrome who just kept kicking my seat the whole movie. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a good date. It's not a good date. It's not good. Our relationship did not last long after that. I'm trying to think about, I went to see a movie once where I basically fucked in the back row of the movie. Yeah. And I cannot remember what it was. I fingered a girl during Madagascar. Nice. Yeah. Too bad that movie's not set in Africa. I'm not Australia. Cause I could down go down there. under. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> so whatever. Was her name Savannah? Because that would have also been funny. It was not. Can we, for joke purposes, go? Her name forward? was Savannah. Her name was Savannah. Oh my God, <laughs> Africa, Madagascar, yeah. Savannah, jungle. I went down under. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in the savannah. Yeah. Uh, in savannah. Yeah, do you no. get those uh, top fronts? Do you see any of those in there? <laughs> oh, she had the best top fronts. The best top fronts. <laughs> she had some tip-top top fronts. Tip-top top fronts. <laughs> I'm going to start calling them top fronts because I think it's very funny. It's kind of great. So, that's great. We have a name for the episode. Top fronts, actually. Top fronts. Top fronts. So this movie, it's the third out of three of the Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, Batman movies. It's set eight years after The Dark Knight. And I I think we're doing ourselves a little bit of a disservice going out of order just because there's a lot of continuity right. there. But uh, the big points are uh, Batman was in love with a woman named Rachel. His child. His childhood best friend. Who was the daughter of one of their servant people. <laughs> and uh, she was engaged to uh, Harvey Dent, played by Aaron Eckhart. And she wasn't sure. She was thinking about leaving him for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Decided not to. Wrote him a letter saying that she was not going to, that she was staying with uh, Harvey Dent. Yes. Then Alfred burned the letter and decided not to give it to Bruce after she died. And decided Bruce didn't need to know this. It was just going to hurt him to know. So he believed that she died loving him and wanting to be with him. Uh, Harvey Dent also died. He became, half his face got burned away by the Joker and he became the villain Two-Face. You mean Half-Face? Half-Face, yeah. (laughs) And then they did this weird thing where uh, Batman pushed him off a, a building and then he fell to his death. And Batman's like, I will take on responsibility for this. You must tell everyone I did this. And it's like, well, yeah, you did do it. Yeah, that's so what you do. They just watched you do it. So yeah. They're gonna. I mean, it's he was a villain, but you did kill him. Yeah, so it's that's, okay. Yeah. Like, chill out. You killed a bad guy. That's yeah. just war. So, uh, but there, there, there's a big cover-up covering up the fact that Harvey Dent had, he had been the DA and he was like the, the symbol of uh, renovating Gotham and uh, eliminating crime. So they. Like Donald J. Trump. Exactly. He was the Donald J. Trump. Also, another Donald Trump connection uh, Gotham Tower in this movie, they filmed it at the Trump Building. Wow. Trump yeah. So cool that we had a supervillain in the penthouse of a movie that they were filming with supervillains. Yeah. Uh, so, Batman has been in hiding for eight years, and he's like an outlaw. They blame him for the murder of Harvey Dent, and uh, Rachel's dead. I think that's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. I 
feel like they would have. They wanted... wasn't there a thing about the thing they were building, and then they were like, "We can't build this thing; it's danger. It could be weaponized." Uh, Isn't that in Dark Knight? No. Well, there w- there was a thing where he had like technology to spy on people and decided not to use it. Oh, probably should use it though. Yeah. Because of super villains that keep popping up out of nowhere. The Dark Knight was all about like the Patriot Act and oh, like, spying right. on people, oh. and this movie is all about Occupy Wall Street. Yes. And the French Revolution. Um, did you? I forgot where I was going with that. Um, so. I think that's all you really need to know. Let's jump into the breakdown of this movie. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down, Harvey Eight years after the death of District Attorney Harvey Dent, Batman has disappeared and organized crime has been eradicated in Gotham City thanks to the Dent Act, which gives Gotham Police Department expanded powers. That sounds cool and not scary at all. <laughs> yeah, they don't really go into any detail about what the Dent Act entails. But it sounds like militarize your police. I guess, or it's just they can lock up whoever they want, or I, I don't know. It sounds like a dangerous rabbit hole to start heading down. Uh, Police Commissioner James Gordon has kept secret Dent's murderous rampage as Two-Face and allowed blame for Dent's crimes to fall on Batman, but he feels guilty about lying to the public. He writes a resignation speech revealing the truth, but decides the city is not ready to hear it. Bruce Wayne has become a recluse, broken by the death of his childhood sweetheart Rachel Dawes and Wayne... Wayne Enterprises' profits uh, is losing profits after Wayne discontinued his fusion reactor project when he learned it could be weaponized. That plot point bugged me as being a little bit insane. That he just, they said that there's like a um, uh, Ukrainian physicist who wrote a paper that a nuclear reactor could theoretically be weaponized. Like a week later, Bruce Wayne decided to shut this down. Like you can. First of all, it's incredible that he just read this Ukrainian paper. Oh, he does speak. Yeah. Ukrainian. And uh, and also, like, it just seems like such a leap to to say, like, someone could potentially weaponize this, so we just can't use it at all. Yeah. We've just got to leave it under the city. To me, it's kind of like parents who are like, I don't want my kids playing with guns, so they can't have guns. But then it's like, okay, but your kids are going to turn sticks into guns, so you're not really preventing the issue. Yeah, my mom did, like, word for word that same thing. She had a policy of, like, no weapons. Yeah. And then, finally, I, I was making, like, toast into guns, and she's like, okay, this is a losing battle. I'm just yeah, going to buy wow. the sword. Toast guns. Yeah, I just, like, bite a corner off a toast. Bite a corner off a gun, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, it's just, like, if you should just find a way to... to put safeguards in place and have guards right. have, so people can't get to it. And if you're going to shut down anything that could potentially be weaponized, like you should be going to restaurants and be like, whoa, whoa, those knives could be weaponized. Gas Gotta stoves. get rid of them. Gas stoves could be weaponized. Really easy. Like, just leave the gas on, toss the match in. Like this, the idea of this fusion reactor in this movie is that it's like free, clean energy, energy for yeah. everyone. I guess this is kind of the reaction that everyone has about nuclear power, though. So I guess maybe I'm not. That's fair. But I think also we, as a society, jumped into nuclear power a little too soon. Yes. Before we really understood it and and its capacities and how to control it and whatever. Yeah. In Um, theory, nuclear power could be really amazing. It's just you got to be careful. I think we've made major strides towards it, but the PR damage has kind of been done. Well, I, I have a friend who actually is a nuclear engineer. I know smart people. <laughs> and he 
worked at um, a nuclear power plant in Virginia for a couple of years, their job is exhausting. Yeah. The amount of work that they do, like they have um, like outages where they will shut down parts of the plant to like cool them off, do repairs, whatever. They're basically 24 hour shifts for like weeks at a time. It's right. ridiculous. And they'll get like two weeks off. He recently quit to go to law school because that's easier than doing what he was doing before. <laughs> uh, so like there's a lot of safeguards in place, but at the same time, um, there's like an episode of the West Wing with a nuclear plant that like melts down. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that, let me just tell you how many ways that's wrong. And I was like, I don't care <laughs> at all. A lot has to go wrong. For yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, it has happened a couple times. Yeah. But it's, the odds are, the safety measures have gotten so much better. The odds yeah. of that happening again, uh, without, short of there being some kind of huge disaster, like in Japan, when they had the giant tsunami and everything, short of some... Or a supervillain. Or a supervillain. Short of something like that, the odds of it, another meltdown are virtually zero. Um, so is this... Knock on wood. Yeah. So he's discontinued the fusion reactor when he learns it could be weaponized. Cat burglar Selena Kyle, uh, played by, what's her name? I was want to say Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I almost want to say Anna Paquin. I can never remember Anna, Anne Hathaway's name. They weird, dumb faces. What did you think of uh, Anne Hathaway in this movie? She's, a lot She's of people... Hot. Well, yeah, she is. A lot of people do not like her as Catwoman. Well, I will say a lot of people just do not like her in general. That's very true. She's weirdly hated by a lot of people. I read an amazing article, and I want to say it was Variety, but maybe it wasn't, like two years ago, about the phenomenon of hating Anne Hathaway because she's a person who tries. Mm. Because, like, no matter what she's doing, she tries very hard. She puts a lot of work into it. She's proud of what she does. She's not like a Jennifer Lawrence who's like, oops, I just slipped and fell into being an Academy Award winning actress. <laughs> she, like, is very serious about what she does, and... I mean, she's still, I'm sure, a lovely, nice person, but she takes herself pretty seriously, and that makes her, like, less likable as a female actress. Whereas if you were to put, like, if you look at Daniel Day-Lewis, there's no part of his life that he doesn't take seriously. Sure. And he's revered, but on the same... I, I just don't get that mentality of... I, I think uh, Anne Hathaway's great. She's. I think she does a great job in this movie. I think she did a great job in this movie. I think she yeah. does a great job in a lot of movies. Well, me too. Have you seen Rachel Getting Married? I haven't seen that one. It's good. Yeah, she's, she's very pretty. Yeah, and I, the interviews I've heard with her, she just seems like a really charming, yeah, really she's a person. lovely person, but yeah. she just gets so much shit from people because of. She seems so perky, and so maybe that kind of rubs some people the wrong way. I don't know. I mean, she's just she's as far as like to my knowledge of people of her generation. She was one of the first people to be super outspoken in favor of gay rights mm. um, because uh, she has a brother who's gay and uh, she won like an award from GLAAD or something like in maybe 2002, mm-hmm. 2003, before it was like so common to be outspokenly for gay rights, for gay marriage, for... Yeah, I guess she was a little bit ahead of the she curve was, on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying people in Hollywood were, like, secretly homophobic. Right. A lot of them are, but... Um, but before it was necessarily the accepted thing to be like, yeah, gay people should be able to marry whoever. Right. She was already kind of doing that. I think she's, like, a really progressive, super cool person. Yeah, well, good for her. Yeah, right? I thought she did a great job. I think so, too, and she looks hot in the cat She suit. looks amazing in yeah. that cat suit. And I like they did a thing, um, 
with her where she's got like a mask and then she's got some I guess they're like night vision goggles or yes. something that she kind of flips over under her head. Yes. And from the right angle they look almost like cat ears. Exactly. I thought that was very clever. Very subtle. Yeah. But very good. I would say second best cat suit after um, Michelle Pfeiffer. She was very hot too. Yeah. I wasn't sure they did this weird thing with uh, uh, her Anne Hathaway's cat suit where she's got like knife heels she's wearing high heels oh, all the yeah. time and she uses her the spikes of the heels like like a weapon mm-hmm. and sometimes to make that happen she has to like contort herself in such a weird way yeah that it, it just seems like so insanely impractical well nothing about Catwoman's outfit <laughs> is practical okay well fair, fair enough so you got me there yeah if we're being sticklers for practicality the whole thing's a wash but uh, so she basically, she uh, is working, or pretending to work as a maid at Wayne Manor during this party, and Bruce Wayne is just holding himself up in one wing, nobody's seen him in eight years, and Alfred tells her to uh, just drop this tray in on a table in that wing, and then like, leave, don't look around, don't do anything, just leave. And she uh, drops the tray, and then she goes and breaks into the safe, and he starts shooting arrows at her. Cool. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale as a crazy person as a uh, uh, who's the famous rich crazy guy oh uh, the airplane guy Howard yeah. Hughes Howard Hughes uh, Christian Bale as like a Howard Hughes crazy guy still very handsome yes his crazy beard is just a wonderful beard well it's very well groomed yeah they're just like, this is how we will show the passage of time. <laughs> Batman has grown a beard. He's grown a modest, well-trimmed beard. Yeah. At least he doesn't have his mustache turned up, because then he would have become a supervillain. Mm. He'd probably work as a bartender in Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, so he, he catches her, and she's stolen. Uh, she stole his mother's necklace out of a safe, and also she stole his fingerprints off of the safe. Right. Which is not a thing that you would ever really be super concerned that someone would steal from you, but I guess, like, if I were to be a really rich person, I wouldn't be like, oh, I must protect my fingerprints. Yeah, it's not something I ever think to protect, but if mm-hmm. I believed someone was trying to steal them, I would be extremely concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what they would do with my fingerprints, but I don't like the idea of someone having them, because it feels like they're... There's got to be something they could do. What if someone hacks into iPhones, uses 3D printers to make gloves with fingerprints of other people, then commits crimes using those gloves? And, like, frames them? Yes. From, oh, that's kind of amazing. That's copyright. Kind of <laughs> copyright, copyright. We copyright that idea. That's how that works, right? You yes. show copyright. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, why isn't that? Well, like, there's paperwork? <laughs> If we followed through on any of our ideas... We could have some good stuff. <laughs> uh, so she she steals the, uh, the fingerprints, and she does this kind of great thing when she, she escapes out the window. She's got, like, the maid's uniform mm-hmm. on, and she just rips off, like, the, the white collar, and then she's yes. got kind of white things in the sleeves. And and it in just, like, a, two seconds, it, it looks like a very different dress. Yes. And she goes from looking like a very clearly a maid to look like some kind of society woman in this little black dress. And she's like, well, I'm just a sexy lady. Yeah. In the black dress. It was great. It was a very smart way to... Also, 
Have you ever tried to rip clothes that were not like previously ripped or like made for tearaway? Well, presumably these were made for tearaway. It's hard. I think they were supposed to be made for tearaway. I think I she. Know. I think she's super strong. I think you're like you're negating my narrative choices. So you don't think she planned this? <laughs> this was a spontaneous. Spontaneous robbery it happens all the time. <laughs> spontaneous fingerprint theft. Come on. Uh, so she, her plan is she's going to sell the the fingerprints to get this clean slate program. It's a computer program that can wipe all traces of a person's criminal record from the internet. Uh, so she uh, she steals the, the fingerprints and she kidnaps this congressman, Byron Gilly. Uh, she sells the fingerprints to uh, Bruce Wayne's rival, John Daggett, and Daggett double-crosses Kyle, that she uses Congressman Gilly's phone to alert the police. And that was a really cool yeah. scene. She's pretending like she's been, been beaten, and then she's like, okay, you didn't get the, the thumb, though. And they point a gun, like, give us the thumbprint. She's like, okay, my friend has it outside, just text him. And she used the congressman's phone to text him. The police are looking for the congressman. They see the phone. Police swarm on this, this place. She's so smart. Very smart. She's so smart. She's so hot. So smart, so hot. <laughs> She's great. She's wonderful. Great top fronts, also. Great top fronts. Such good top Actually, fronts. Actually, honestly, very great top fronts. Amazing top fronts. Yeah. Especially in that cat suit. Yeah. Cat suits do good things for top fronts in general. <sighs> They're very flattering to top fronts. And and uh, back bottoms. Back bottoms, also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to find clothes that are good for front bottoms. Mostly, you just ignore the front bottom. Yeah. In clothes. Yeah. I guess you don't really want to call attention to the front bottom no. in clothes. It's a, it's a snafu when you do. Yeah. You want it to be there but not really have the eye drawn mm -hmm. to it. You want to draw the eye away from the front bottom. Yeah. It's it's more of a, a practical thing than a than a flashy thing. It's yeah. substance. It's like, it's like when birds like mate with their big colorful feathers. That's mm -hmm. your bottom, your back bottoms and your top fronts. Yeah. Yeah, I get into bed with a woman, and I'm so obsessed with the front top fronts, and then I get there, I'm like, I don't know how much I can really do with them. I've been so focused on these. And then you're like, wait, front bottom. Front bottom. I forgot about the front you bottom. always forget about the front yeah. bottom. But then I'm good to go. Yeah. This is good. We should teach a sex ed class. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was not any more confusing than a bird and bee analogy, so... I have no idea what that analogy is. I have is. no idea either. I've tried to figure it out for years. I mean, bees, they pollinate flowers, but what does that have to do with the birds? I remember asking my mom. They lay eggs? When I was like 11 or 12, like, don't you think it's time that you give me the birds and the bees talk? And she's like, uh, okay, what do you want to know? I'm like, I don't know what that talk is. So I <laughs> You're like, I just I keep talking about birds yeah. and bees. Is I, there something else I should know about? I feel like there's something I should know, but I don't know what I don't know. I like that a lot. <laughs> and she just sat you down, and she, your mom's like a secret ornithology expert. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I I think I actually asked, why do they call it the birds and the bees? She's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then she, you were like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go play Super Mario Bros. Yeah, now. with a topless woman. <laughs> that part was in your head. That was in my head. I just had a poster of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> From the Princess Diaries? Yeah. Where she, you know that movie where she was topless. Yeah, the topless Princess Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> Top front diaries. 
Uh, the Princess Top Frets. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, Daggett double crosses Stephen Crow. Daggett! Uh, but she, she uses the phone to alert the police. Police swarm in, uh, including Commissioner Gordon. And Gordon uh, find the congressman, but then they pursue the, the bad guys in the sewer while Selena flees. The assailants capture Gordon and take him to Bane, a mass terrorist and former member of the League of Shadows who set up their base of operations in the sewer. Uh, if you don't remember, you haven't seen it in, the, in uh, Batman Begins, the first movie in the trilogy, Batman was trained by a group called the League of Shadows, led by Ra's al Ghul, played by Liam Neeson. And they're like, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. And they're ninjas who wanted to blow up Gotham. And uh, so Bane is uh, a former member. And then he was like, ooh, I didn't know about that uh, blown up Gotham part. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take all the skills you gave me and uh, get on out of here real quick. That's a dead-on Christian Bale impression. Thank you very much. <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs> I am Batman. <laughs> I am Vengeance. I'm the knight. I am the knight. <laughs> Swear to me. I am Vengeance. I am the knight. <laughs> uh, Gordon escapes, and he's found by patrol officer John Blake, uh, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Bane attacks the Gotham Stock Exchange using Bruce's fingerprints in a transaction that leaves Wayne bankrupt. He then kills Daggett. Uh, Wayne's butler, Alfred Pennyworth, reveals that Rachel Dawes intended to marry Dent before she died. Alfred then resigns in an attempt to convince Bruce to move on with his life. And uh, Bruce starts banging Wayne Enterprise's CEO, Miranda Tate. Just giving it to her good. Yeah. There's a big theme in this movie of secrecy and of people um and in the the last movie too but i think it, it kind of comes to a head in this movie of people making the decision i'm going to keep this information from someone for their own good mm -hmm. and then inevitably those secrets come back to bite them but he alfred makes the decision not to tell bruce that rachel was going to uh, stay with Harvey that she right. didn't love him and then Bruce like is living his life believing that she died loving him and Alfred's like no she did not she wrote you a she whole did, letter but she couldn't be with you yeah she wrote you a whole letter explaining why she couldn't be with you you're, because you're crazy <laughs> she's just not that into you bro she just wanted to not be with someone who was like dressing up and running around at night and then she ended up with Two-Face so well, Didn't, then she ended up dead. Yeah. And then the guy she was with ended up as Two-Face. So, so. I guess she died. She wasn't entirely wrong in her choices. She died doing what she loved, not being with the crazy guy. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. We should all be so lucky. We should all be so lucky. <laughs> wow. You know, that is one of my life goals, is just to not be with a person crazier than me. Yeah. How's that going for you? Great so far. It's a pretty high threshold. Yeah. So... Mackenzie's not as crazy as you? Mm -mm, no, way crazier than me is. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, I guess if you set your bar low yeah. enough. Low bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, threshold's high. Low bar, though, of finding someone who's crazier than me. Carolyn kind of has that thing with uh, 
you know, so many women want to be with a guy who's, like, taller than them, and, mm-hmm. like, height is, like, a big deal. She's always like, I'm 4'11". Like, it's never been an issue. Yeah, right. Just She's every like, guy. never even had to think about it. Probably, it, for her, it's an opposite thing of, like, I don't want to be with someone who's too tall, because then, I mean, look like their kid. Yeah. Not yeah. that she looks like a child, but height-wise. Right, no, no. If she were dating, like, a 7-foot-tall guy. If she were dating a 6-foot-4 guy. Yeah. Still would be a shocking. Yeah, I don't know if she were dating someone too much taller than me. I think that would be yeah. an issue. Yeah, you got a good, uh, you fit the, you have the Goldilocks bear here. <laughs> I think I'm the maximum. Mm-hmm, yes. Yes, you are the maximum that she can handle. So, I dated another girl who was also very short, and her hands were just so low, it, it was, like, difficult to, like, grab her like hands. Like an orangutan. Yeah, it was a little bit like that. She actually was an orangutan. Yeah. Yeah. And I said after that, I'm only dating within the species from yeah. here on out. Um, do you still have a thing for redheads? I do. I do. But only human redheads Human redheads. Now. That's good. Yeah. It's just too much red hair. <laughs> and it gets all over the couch. Well, still it's, not with that cat. <laughs> That's right. My cat pees everywhere. And poops in your tub. And poops in the bathtub if we leave the door open. Yeah. He's not a good cat. I mean, he sounds like he's a fine cat. It sounds like very cat-like behavior, but <laughs> he's, he's a bad roommate. Yeah, he's a bad roommate. Uh, so Alfred uh, Alfred quits. Alfred has this big monologue um, that they... It's going to be important later, so I just want to bring it up now about how he always had this uh, dream when, when Bruce went away to go be trained and stuff. He had this fantasy that he would go to, uh, he would take a vacation in Milan every year. He had this dream that he'd just see Bruce and not talk to him and just see that he was fine. He was with somebody and he was living a normal life. Don't you think that's kind of a weird fantasy to, to just be like, I hope you just forget about me and like, you don't acknowledge me when you. I mean, maybe, but I think also as someone who like, The fact that Alfred became his main care person mm-hmm. is a reminder of, like, all the bad things that happened to Bruce. So, in a way, it's kind of like being able to move on from that. I still think it's crazy. I yeah. think that if, even if I weren't related to someone, if I ended up raising them, in the I moment, wouldn't want them just to be, like... Yeah. Like, you can still... Like, if you see me there, you can, like, acknowledge me. Yeah, like, say hi. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you doing here in Italy? Yeah. Who is this? Oh, beautiful, you're so happy. Let me buy you a drink, and then now let's never talk again. Yeah, but it's, uh, in the moment, though, it's a really beautiful scene. It's, it's an amazing. Michael Honestly, King that's one of my so favorite things about this iteration of Batman, is that I feel like Alfred finally gets his due. Yes. In uh, so much of it, he's just, like, a slacky, or, like, a point of comic relief or just like a, a tool basically he's another batmobile yeah michael kane it, it feels like he belongs there it feels like he's smart and he's useful yes and it also you feel his love for bruce very clearly yes there's you understand why he's so loyal to and him. he's not a yes man no no he's willing to to so go say, no i don't think this is right yeah and now i'm gonna leave you yeah I can't enable you. I can't help you. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, it kind of was. 
Michael Caine. It felt a little bit like, um, uh, like Goodwill Hunting. Like yes. That. You thought the same yes, thing? Yes, it does. Where it, it's uh, Ben Affleck saying, like, the best part of my day is going to your door, and I, I hope one day I don't see you, and you've gone yes. out and done something better. I think that's an incredible comparison. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Very nicely done. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, Selena Kyle agrees to take Batman to, to Bane. Um, we're, we're skipping over a, a few things here. This, this plot summary is, this is a three-hour movie. So this Yeah, it's a very long movie. Uh, Bruce Wayne basically uh, he he decides to, to go back into to being Batman after uh, Commissioner Gordon gets the shit beat out of him and he's destroyed his knees though and he is like walking with a cane and um, he goes to the, the hospital and he kind of well the doctor's out of the room the doctor played by Tom Lennon from Reno 911 oh yeah 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 that, I was like, mm, don't know what you're talking about. I felt distracted to me just because I think of him so much as Reno 911. You're like, wait, what's he doing in here? Is he going to be funny now? Yeah, I was like, huh? Come uh, on. Where's the, where's the funny line? Where's the funny? Where's the... Yeah, you, you're like, going to pan out from the doctor. You're going to realize he's wearing like little tiny short shorts. Or <laughs> <laughs> like a stethoscope that's a choker. Yeah, exactly. And... It, it, I kept waiting for the joke, and it was very distracting. It, it never happened. There's no joke. There's no joke. Uh, but when the doctor leaves the room, he kind of repels out the window, and Gordon's recovering in, like, the floor below him, and he, he goes in there with a mask, and uh, Gordon knows that it's Batman after... I uh, still would have screamed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a guy with a mask breaks into your hospital room. That man, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, and they, they talk a little bit. Bruce Wayne decides to become Batman again. He rigs up some kind of a knee brace for his yeah. leg that is, I, I guess it makes his leg stronger than before. Sure. I mean, he's able to like, kick through a brick wall. Yeah, he gets kind of robot Yeah. And then he goes back to uh, Lucius Fox, who, who uh, outfits him and gives him a, a, a new Batmobile. It's, actually, it's, a, it's like a helicopter now. They call it the Bat. Yes. He can fly. Did you ever see the show that was on Cartoon Network? It was three, like, hot teenage girls who did spy stuff. It's called Totally Spies. I just remember the name. I remember it. I don't know that I ever saw it. They had a part at the beginning of every episode where they would go talk to the person to find out what their mission was, and they would give them special tools for each mission, and that's what this reminded me of. Like every every James Bond movie. Exactly. Except that's a, it's a spy show. Yeah, yeah. But it was always like... This makeup compact is also a bomb. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, cool, great. Better be careful with that. Put it in your bag. Wait, why was Bane on the show? Bane was on the show. Oh, wait, uh, Christian Bale was Christian Bale on the show. I forgot that that was your. Oh, I was just, he wasn't on the show. It just, that's what it made me think of. I don't know. No, I was just doing, I was trying to do a joke that didn't land. Oh, I'm sorry. Of, I was really just, um, your impressions about... of Christian Bale and of oh. the spy. <laughs> That's why I thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was my bad. I should have, that was a good callback, and yeah, I uh, didn't pick it up. So. I fucked it up by saying Bane instead of Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, it's all our fault. We yeah. can't do comedy. Uh, so uh, he goes back to being Batman. Uh, Kyle agrees to, uh, to take Batman to Bane, but leads him instead into Bane's trap. Bane reveals he intends to 
fulfill Ra's al Ghul's mission to destroy Gotham before stealing Batman's technology from Wayne Enterprises' armor, Lucius Fox could just blow up the, the ceiling of the sewers and it leads directly into the R&D department of Wayne Enterprises where yeah. Lucius Fox is storing all the Batman technology and all kinds of new stuff. Uh, That's what it's called. New stuff. New stuff. The new stuff division. Um, Bane delivers a crippling blow to Batman's back before taking him into a heavily fortified prison. There, the inmates tell Wayne the story of Ra's al Ghul's child, who was born in the prison and cared for by a fellow prisoner before escaping, the only prisoner ever to have done so. Uh, this is a cool scene. This is a cool scene. I love. I, I like love the this prison. part. Yeah, I, like I, like, the prison. I think it's an amazing set piece they built. Yeah, it was really. Cool. I they built it for this movie. It yes. was like an entirely new set piece. I really would actually like to see it used in some other things, parts of it, because I just think it's so. I don't. It's awesome. It was just a cool idea. Cause the idea of the prison is that it's a. Pit. It's just a big pit. But there's no top to it. Right. You can see the sky and everything. Right. And so there's like a little bit of hope on some level that you think maybe you could escape. Right. And that like drives you insane is that you think you can escape and they're like taunting you. Right. With the possibility of escape. And That's nobody so can do it. So the walls are like too sheer. And one person has ever managed it in however long this prison has been around. And it was a child. It was a child. They do some... Well, I don't want to... We'll, we'll talk about this more at the, the end. There, there's some problems I have with the story of the child. But we'll, we'll talk about this more. Um, Bane lures Gotham police... Uh, he lures all the police underground. He, he traps them. He blows up the entrance. And they're all trapped there. And then he uh, kills uh, Mayor Anthony Garcia and forces Dr. Lenoid Pavel... Pavel, uh, a Russian nuclear physicist he kidnapped from Uzbekistan to convert the reactor core into an atomic bomb. Then he uses the, the bomb to hold the city hostage and isolate Gotham from the world. There's this fantastic scene where he just uh, goes to like a, a football game and he like is blowing everything up and he like uh, uh, gets like a microphone and he announces his whole plan to everyone and then he has like the, the scientist speaking explains what this bomb is and he's uh, the scientist says that he's the only one who knows how to deactivate this bomb and then bane snaps his neck yeah so just nobody can deactivate this now that's good it's really cool yeah it's really well done tom hardy is fantastic and that had to be hard on his voice to do the bane voice for so long yeah it it was an interesting choice i the first at the beginning of when I watched it, but the first time and this time, I hated it. Mm -hmm. And the more the movie went on, the more I loved that voice. Yeah, absolutely. It was also annoying anytime someone does it outside of the context. Very true. It's kind of a high voice, like really con. Uh, it, it's not what you would think with right. someone who's just this massive physical uh, specimen like Bane. Yeah, it's even higher than Batman's voice. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah. Um, so uh, he he blows everything up, and um, then he he uses Gordon's uh, speech from the the beginning that Gordon decided not to give, revealing the cover up of dense crimes to the public, and releases everyone from Blackgate Penitentiary, initiating anarchy, 
and uh, it, it felt very much this movie was just so of the moment. This came out yeah. in uh, 2012, 2012, yeah. Yeah. It's just so felt like a commentary on Occupy Wall Street, on WikiLeaks. Yeah, it was so political and cultural that for me, I like I said, I'd never seen the other two, but I still was so in the story and like was like, this is what's happening. Yeah. It's so real, so raw. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just giving the, the power back to the people just felt so much like that's what everyone was talking about. And then it became kind of the French Revolution. Yeah. And uh, the wealthy and, pow- and powerful have their property uh, appropriated and are dragged from their homes and are given these these trials, uh, these kind of kangaroo court trial presided over by Scarecrow. And yes. he... They're not even... Uh, they don't get a lawyer. They don't. There's no defense right. of them. It's just... You've already, you wouldn't be here if you weren't guilty. So we're just going to sentence you. And a sentence is either death or exile. And if you're exiled, then you have to walk across this like frozen river and it's going to break and you're going to fall in and drown. And right. if you die, if you choose death, then you, it's death by exile. So it's the same. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Uh, and everyone has to like sit in this like golden chair when they're, they're being sentenced. A very French Revolution to me. It was great. I love it. And remember, wow, it's just amazing to think about, like, politically, five years ago, we were worried about Occupy Wall Street. Look where we are now, kids. Still the same thing, but it uh, didn't really do a lot, and it's worse now. I guess if this movie were made today, it would probably be... Like a class, or not a class thing, it would be a race thing instead of a class. Uh, race know. would be a bigger part in it, absolutely. But also then you have to throw in the uh, foreign threats, which are fun. Sure. And uh, more terrorism. And still, the one versus 99%. Except for now, they're openly running the government. Yes. Um, cool. Do you think that they wanted... They must have wanted Heath Ledger back for this movie. Oh, absolutely. If he hadn't died, he would definitely have died. Oh, yes, yes, yes. In what role? I would like to see him in... If I had to, like, just take, like, one person out and put him in instead, I think that he would have been an amazing replacement for the Scarecrow in this. Maybe. I think that it would have just been a very different movie in general. Oh, for sure. I don't think that you can't just pull one person out and put him in. I think he would have... I, th- I think the whole movie just would have been very different. Yes. But I'm saying, in this hypothetical, okay. where you pick and choose, Yeah. just imagine the different like sentences and things that he would have given. Yes. Instead of just the like utilitarian, like, death or exile. Yeah. Ah. I think he would have... Yeah, I think he would have been great there. He yeah. would have had like some great monologues. and. Uh... <laughs> wow, that would have been good. Yeah. They talked about having a Riddler be the villain for this. Love Riddler. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's uh, that's what the studio was pushing for, and um, he's not my favorite though. I love the penguin. Yeah, I think Nolan didn't want the penguin because he felt like the penguin wasn't a realistic enough villain, and he wanted to stick to villains who were like fit into his kind of. Realistic. I would like to talk to him now, today, <laughs> see what he thinks about the penguin. I think it's pretty close to Donald Trump. Villain 
if you have not listened to our episode about the Batman returns. returns, then you should, so that you know how our president is Penguin. If you'd said in, in 2012 that Donald Trump's going to become president, nobody would have taken you seriously. Literally, The Rock is talking about running for president, and it's being taken seriously because Donald Trump is our president. I, I, I don't think I like The Rock. I think he's great. I do not think he should be the president. I don't think there's any chance he'll be president, but I said the same thing about Donald Trump, so what the fuck do I know? Nothing makes any sense anymore. No. You know who would be a great president? Who? Daniel Day-Lewis. You know who else would be a great president? A politician. I mean... Someone who has experience. Well, as a method actor, I feel like he would put a ton of work into learning the (laughs) issues. He's already played Lincoln, so he knows a lot about the history of the role. You would just have to make it very clear to him that you're playing a good president. Yes. Because if you told him, if you weren't clear on that, he could decide to play a bad president. Yes. And he would do a great job at that. He is so talented. He's retired now. He's just making shoes. Yeah. Good for him, though. Good for him. Almost played Batman. Really? Yeah, in Batman Forever. They wanted oh, him. Oh, fuck, that would have been good. How good would that have been? I want to play Batman now. How great would it have been? He would have been on Method and, like, actually been Batman. He would have been solving crimes. Yeah. Danny, I'm so disappointed. It would have been so good. Can you imagine Bill the Butcher as Batman? Ooh. Oh. That's around the same time, right? That's probably why he didn't. Gangs of New York? Yeah. Uh, I think Gangs of New York was a little bit later. Oh. I think the studio just went in. I don't know how seriously they considered him. They considered, like, every major bleeding man. Are you a white man with brown hair? Yeah, you it's pretty much. Tom Hanks was up for the role at one point. It's the Michael Keaton effect. Yeah. Um, who's that other... Uh, the, the, uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray was up for the... <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That would have been kind of wonderful. Um, who's the guy that played uh, Tony Shalhoub? I think I would love to see Tony Shalhoub as Batman. I mm. think that would be very funny. But not good. But yeah. very funny. Anyway. Tony Danza, like a young Tony Danza as Batman. Oh, or um, the Fonz. Oh, oh my God, no, 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 no. John Travolta John as Travolta. Batman. John Travolta. Yes. I don't hate it. He's gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, not according to him, but probably, yeah, he... No, he is. He is. There's all kinds of blind items about him, like fucking masseuses and pilots. Yeah, it, it seems like there's too much evidence yeah. to, to... And Scientology is just like, shh, here's some money. <laughs> Go away. We're trying to fix him. Leave him alone. Right? So sad. Yeah. Someone save him from Scientology. You know, the second guy down in Scientology uh, who defected now he's become like an anti-Scientology advocate Mark Rathbun really? yeah you should send him a letter be like we got the same last name let's talk bring him on the show I'd love to talk about Scientology (laughs) I think he's distantly related somehow I think he's like a fifth cousin or something yeah that's so cool (laughs) very very distantly very distantly I'm not related to any Scientologist aren't you related to like Abraham Lincoln or something? no oh or like an Indian Indian. Yeah. Yeah, but nameless one. <laughs> nameless one. No famous people. 
Just tell people you're related to Sitting Bull. Nobody's gonna question that. Not that kind of Indian. You're not? You're like a 7-Eleven Indian? No, I'm still a feather Indian, just a Cherokee kind. I'm oh. Not, well. I'm not Sue. Oh. Well, nobody knows that. You're right. You didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what you were talking about until... It, I don't think of them as being not that kind of Indian. I guess it's the same kind of thing. It's I like don't a see... french fry and mashed potato. They're both potatoes. I don't see different types of Indians. I'm going to leave here like I'm in therapy. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't catch too much of you sliding around on the couch. Oh, well, if we did, then people are just getting really real... Um, audio. Audio. Of what's happening. Months later, recovered Wayne escapes from prison. He enlists Kyle Blake. Can we talk for one second? Yeah. You do not recover from a spine fracture in months. By just someone dragging you around in ropes. Not how it works. Not how it works, even a little bit. Not even if you're Batman, you have robot knees. Yeah. Also, did they let him keep his robot knees? That's a good question. Because answer, probably not. So how did he, he's got bad knees. They had no cane, and he has a broken spine. It felt like they were setting the knees up to be a bigger plot point than it was. It didn't really come back. Like his knees. <laughs> I guess. His knees didn't come back like his <laughs> knees. Yes. I am standing by it. I wanted to see him like uh, like we saw I could kick through walls. I wanted to see that. Be- like the Kool-Aid become- man? <laughs> you think that's what he does? He kicks through the walls? Yeah. I wanted to see that. Tiny Kool-Aid <laughs> I wanted to see that become necessary, though. Like he has yeah. to. I want there to be a scene where he needs to kick through a wall. It never happened. What if he just like uses robot legs and just like kicked the walls in the jail to make little footholds, and then he could climb up, and everybody could climb up after him? That would have been cool. Yeah. No, that would have been kind of dumb. But at least it would have. Would have been dumb. <laughs> would have been stupid. You're right. It's dumb. Uh. They, they did this kind of cool thing with the, the chant that they're all chanting. That, yes. Uh, I can't even imitate it. Really. No. Hiya, 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 hiya. It's, it's uh, like Moroccan for uh, rise. Um, yes. And it's super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It sounds great. It's Moroccan. It sounds great. It it's, uh, translates as rise up, but it's the literal version is, uh, it means come quickly. And they crowdsourced online audio to be used in the film scores. So they basically just asked thousands of people to send in audio themselves. And they compiled. We could have been in this movie. We could have. Uh, and that's kind of kind of wonderful. It kind of goes to the spirit of that uh, people's movement, Occupy Wall Street thing. Yes. People coming together. It felt very appropriate. I loved it. Yeah. I want to do it. Yeah. So uh, Bruce Wayne gets out. Again, I felt like it it wasn't... The way he got out was just kind of he just tried again. And it worked this time. Yeah. It wasn't really... He didn't learn anything or have to do anything. It was just he... Before he had made this big jump with like a rope, like a safety rope attached to him. Yeah. And this time he did it without the rope and he was fine. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know why the rope would hold you back. Right. It, it doesn't. It felt. It feels like a cool metaphor somehow. But I'm strong as I didn't need the rope. I mean, I kind of like the imagery of like, I either get out or I die. Yeah, I guess when you frame it like that, that's but that's good. I don't know if that's what they were doing. They had some line about how you you can't be afraid, like your fear is holding you back. 
And so I guess maybe he's not trying as hard as he could because he's... Because his spine's broken? Yeah, exactly. Your spine is holding you back. The fear is holding you back. It is keeping your spine broken. If you're just not afraid, you'll be healed. So he escapes from, from prison. And meanwhile, uh, Bane has announced that this bomb is driving around the city in one of three trucks. There's three trucks that all look the same that are driving around. One of them it's has like the bomb. It's like the egg shuffle game. Exactly. It's exactly like that. Nobody knows which one has the bomb, so nobody knows. Even if they could defuse it, they don't even know how to find it. And it's always moving, so you can't easily mm -hmm. catch it. And one person has the, the detonator, but it's not Bane. He says it's uh, just some random citizen. Nobody knows who it is. And so they could set it off at any time. And if, the, if anyone tries to escape Gotham, if they leave the bridge, they're going to uh, blow up Gotham. And so the, the army's now just got guns pointed at the bridge. I won't let anyone leave because then Gotham will blow up if they try and leave. And uh, also the bomb is the, the nuclear core is like degenerating. And so it's going to blow up eventually on its own, no matter what happens. Yeah. So everyone's just kind of in fear. You can see it's a high pressure situation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's heavily inspired by a Batman storyline called No Man's Land, where there's just an earthquake, and the U.S. government decides, we're just going to forget about Gotham, and they just tell everyone to get out, and then they just like blow up all the bridges to Gotham and just are done with it. And just anyone who didn't make it out, they're like, we're just, no more Gotham. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. So everyone just dies because there's no food or water? Uh, there's some humanitarian organizations bringing in food and stuff, and but it becomes like this gang warfare thing where all the, the supervillains have like, they take control of blocks and they're all fighting with each other, and then Batman comes in and he starts trying to take control, and the police are trying to take control, and everybody's just got their own gangs. It's really good. Sounds interesting. The, the, I would read it. Yeah, the setup is kind of ridiculous. I can't, the, the fact that the government just... Yeah, because they were like, so how do we write it so this can happen? Yeah, just fuck it. It doesn't matter. The government was like, bye! Yeah, we're just not going to deal with this. To be fair, the government almost did that in the 70s. So. <laughs> I, I had a uh, friend one time who, um, he took a bunch of mushrooms and washed down with a bunch of whiskey. and then, Jesus. Yeah, and then he went into his bathroom and just puked all over the place. And then he just walked out and shut the door. He's like, we're just, we're just done with that room. We're just not going back in there. <laughs> he just trying to make the decision that rather than clean up the room, we're just not going to use that bathroom anymore. How long did that last? It, once he sobered up, he. Oh, okay. Up. Yeah. That's still but very that was, funny. In the, in the moment, that was his. That's very his funny. Plan. That's his solution. Just like, nope, that's the. Uh, we don't have that bathroom. Yeah, we don't have to clean it if we just <laughs> pretend we don't have that bathroom. I mean. And that was kind of the U.S. government's plan in No Man's Land. Mushrooms and then whiskey and then we don't just use that not, bathroom anymore. Just, we don't use Gotham anymore. We don't, we don't use it anymore. Yeah. Blow it up. Yeah. I like that. Uh, anyway, bombs driving around. Everyone's yeah. getting shot if they try to leave. Everyone's getting shot if they try and leave. There's just chaos and anarchy everywhere. The uh, police are still trapped underground for the most part. A few of them are on the surface. Gordon's on the surface. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's on the surface. And um, <laughs> I don't remember his character's name. <laughs> His character is a... I want to say it's Hank, but I might just be thinking about Tom Hanks still. I think it's John Tate. Tate! Yeah. Yes. We, we, we'll talk more about his name at the end, because it's very dumb. 
Yes. It's very, very dumb. It's the stupidest thing. It got, you got to the end and then you were like, and you were like, wait. There's like, this is a very good movie that 10 more minutes of editing could have made this an amazing movie. Oh, yeah. There's just a few very small changes they had to make that would just take this to a Where someone movie. had just gone, uh, are we really yeah. doing? Yeah. And then it, oh, yeah, I guess not. There's like three things I can think of that you don't have to change anything. Just cut just cut this scene or cut this line yeah. and it's so much better. But I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're trying to stop the, the bombs. Uh, Bruce Wayne shows up. Uh, Batman shows up. He, he tries to get everyone to uh, stop the bomb. He gives his motorcycle over to Selena Kyle and asks her to help uh, people evacuate. And she asks him to leave Gotham with her, but he refuses. And she basically tells him, like, I'm just going to get out of here. Yeah. And I don't know why he trusts her so much. She's just, he's just like, well, you've got a costume, so you're kind of like a superhero, too. I'm on my side on this. Yeah. We kind of match. Yeah. Uh, after freeing the trapped police, they, they clash with Bane's army. And in the midst of it, uh, Batman overpowers Bane. Uh, Tate intervenes and stabs Batman. Oh, so Tate is not, uh, Tate is... Tate's the girl. Tate's the girl you're sleeping with. Yeah, the CEO of Wayne Enterprises. And uh, while he's fighting Bane, she just stabs him. Surprise, she's Talia al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Dun, dun, dun! The child of Ra's al Ghul wasn't Bane, as we've been led to believe. It's Talia al Ghul. It was a girl. But they don't do like a little cutback and they're like watching her climb. Yeah, a girl escaped from the prison. Girls can do stuff! Girls can escape from prison too. Yeah. We're, like, lighter, and we can climb easier. Yeah. Um, Bane was her protector in prison. He he kept her safe, and he helped her to escape from prison before the other prisoners mutilated him, requiring him to wear this mask. The mask is constantly giving him, like, low-level painkillers so that he can take all the pain that he's in 24-7. I want one of those. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. Morphine drip? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, she uses... She has the detonator. She's the, the citizen who has had the detonator the whole time. She tries to use it, but Gordon has uh, found the, the bomb, and he uses the, uh, this device to, to block the signal, preventing her from detonating it. Talia leaves to find the bomb while Bane prepares to kill Batman, but uh, Selina Kyle returns from the bat pod and saves Batman by killing Bane with it. Which is cool. That was cool. Uh, she's so good. She's so good. She really is. Uh, and honestly, watching her on that motorcycle, I'm like, yeah, I could jay off to that. She's really hot on that motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes also, her... Also, the way they designed the motorcycle where it makes her have to, like, have her ass up in the air, I'm like, very sexist, but also, you know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, he rode the motorcycle, too, and had his ass stuck up in the air. He was not as good. <laughs> not as good as hers. No, it's not as good, but I'm saying the sexist part. Like, it's not, oh, yeah, that's it's true. not like true, true, only true. women are doing this. That's true. There's a button function switch and it switches to being a regular <laughs> one. Like, motorcycle for girls. <laughs> yeah, put your butt up in there. Because um, otherwise your top fronts would get in the way. You're right. Those top fronts, you got to keep them down low. Yeah. So they're safe. <laughs> um, so she returns from the, the motorcycle, saves Batman... And uh, uh, Bruce and 
or Batman and, and Catwoman, they pursue Talia al Ghul, hoping to, to bring the bomb back to the reactor chamber where the he had stored the reactor and he has this plan in place that uh, he could, they set up earlier that he could flood the chamber at any time just in case something had gone wrong with it. Yeah. And uh, so they're trying to, to do that before it blows off and Talia crashes the truck, but she remotely floods and destroys the reactor chamber before dying and they have no way to to stop the detonation so batman uh, gets in the the bat plane and he hauls the bomb over the bay where it detonates in the aftermath batman is presumed dead and is honored as a hero uh wayne manor becomes an orphanage and his remaining estate is left to alfred they erect a big statue of batman in city hall and uh for the history yeah for the history <laughs> Fox discovers that Wayne had fixed the bat's autopilot, which they said numerous times throughout the movie. The autopilot does not work. Catwoman, right before he's about to fly off the plane, says, why can't you just uh, send it remotely? He's like, no autopilot. Uh, but apparently there is autopilot. That's pretty good, Batman. Yeah, A little low, you. but good. No autopilot. No autopilot. No autopilot. We did it. Uh, while visiting Florence, <laughs> Alfred discovers <laughs> that Wayne is still alive. Oh, also, at, um, they have a funeral for Bruce Wayne, and uh, Gordon reads from Tale of Two Cities. Uh, while visiting Florence, Alfred discovers Wayne is alive and in a relationship with Selena Kyle. Uh, Blake resigns from the police force and, in accordance with Wayne's will, inherits the Batcave. And what's his name? His name, when he goes to pick up his inheritance... Uh, they say, uh, do you have anything for, uh, for John Blake? And they say, nope, nothing here. And he says, oh, you should try my legal name, Robin. <laughs> so stupid. They, what? that adds nothing. No. Which is so dumb. It's a, it is. It's like, why don't we need that? No, we didn't need that at all. Also, Robin's dumb. Yeah, Robin's dumb. It was a cheesy line. It so took me out of the moment. I think the only thing it did was set them up for a potential, like, franchise sequel spinoff. Yeah. But thank God they haven't done that because these movies are yeah, it, perfect the way they are. Yeah, that would... There's no need for a spinoff. It would be terrible if they had a spinoff. I like the idea of him continuing, but I don't want to see it. Yeah. And I don't want it to be Robin. Yeah, I don't want him to call himself Robin. Because Robin's outfit's dumb. Yeah. Can you just imagine Robin by himself? No yeah. Batman, just Robin. Oh, that's awful. That's one of the, the minor changes I'd make that would make this movie so much better. I kind of want to do like a fan edit of this movie. So there's just a few changes that what would make the all the difference. Ones? I don't know. Um, with Talia al Ghul, with that reveal. Mm -hmm. First of all, I don't think the reveal in general adds that much yeah so i kind of wish they hadn't had that surprise there at all but she's a girl yeah. what? but there's also a couple times where they talk about the child of raza ghoul where they say him and yeah. he and it's just at that point it's not that they've pointed us in the wrong direction we've made our, some assumptions and we've been surprised no they just lied to us <laughs> it's a boy it's a yeah. boy it's a boy surprise is a girl is it yeah is it? You were dumb. You believed us. You understand the functionality of English grammar. Yeah. At that point, it's not fair. It's not a good surprise. Right. You when... have to say, like, the child. Yeah. Like, they. Yeah. 
Gender neutral pronouns are not that hard, you guys. Yeah, and that that really bothered me. I I wish they hadn't had that reveal at all, but I wish they'd been consistent in making the surprise. The other thing, I so hate that um, Bruce Wayne ends up in Florence at the end, that Alfred sees him. Oh, really? I choose to believe that's a dream sequence. There's like a, a fan theory that that's a dream sequence, that this is Alfred in his grief, this is what he wants to see. Oh. Hmm. Because he's, uh, it's just word for word what Alfred had hoped that's to be true. seen. That's true. And then you see Batman in the plane, you, the timer is at five seconds, he's in the plane over the harbor, the bomb's about to go off, and he's just got this look of like resignation on his face. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that he he didn't get he blown up. Out of it. He just magicked out of it. The autopilot. And if they've said again and again the autopilot does not work, the autopilot does not work. He told Catwoman, no autopilot. Okay, so I kind of like the idea of it as a dream sequence. There's been some question about that specific line, no autopilot. Yeah. And about the way he delivers it. About whether there's supposed to be a comma. No comma. Yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. Huh. And some people have read it that way. I listened very carefully for that. I did not hear a comma. To me, it was no autopilot. It wasn't no autopilot. Either way, that would be a stupid way to write that if that's what you were doing. Yeah. Man, I guess you want to reread Death in Venice. I don't know. <laughs> What's Death in Venice? Death in Venice is um, like a novel from... It's like the early 40s, it's a German, that's Kant, I think, and um, it's about this man who's a businessman. He spends his whole life working, and he finds out he's dying, so he decides to go to Venice, and he, like, slowly loses his mind, becomes obsessed with this um, young boy while he's there, and then he ends up dying. It's weird. It's but, not yeah. unlike this movie. It's yeah. not unlike that. No, movie. I think that's yeah. part of why I was like, oh. Maybe Christopher Nolan's read it. Yeah. And, and there's also, there's a line where he's talking with Catwoman and she's like trying to convince him to, to just leave. And she says, you've given enough for this city and, uh, or you've given everything for this city or something. He says, no, not everything. Not yet. I don't believe that this character we've seen who's this committed to all this is just going to then walk away and just yeah, go to Florence. No yeah. I think if he survives, he would come back as Batman. He wouldn't just fake his death. I think that goes back to, uh, what's her name, Rachel, being like, I don't think he could ever leave this. So, like, the people who believe that they actually see him with a happy ending mm -hmm. are people who believe that, oh, he learned his lesson and he, whatever. But I think that the people who think it's a dream sequence see that as, like, no, this is who he is. This is his character. Yeah. There is no, at this point... Bruce Wayne has become Batman. There is no separating the two. Yeah. And also the whole... One of the major themes of this movie is, is people keeping secrets. Mm -hmm. And that inevitably blows up. And if he's faked his death, that's like... What bigger secret could there possibly be to pass that off as a noble thing that he's now in Florence and that's the right choice for him? Just spits in the face of that theme. But then again, you do have to question, like, so when did he know he was going to die so he could set up the inheritance for Robin? 
you know? Like, did he plan that all along? Was this, like, a suicide thing of, like, when Gotham goes, I go? I guess, but if he faked his death, do you think he faked it and then he came back and did paperwork and made a new I mean, will? he could have pretended he was part of... He could have had someone do a will and then just they find it at the... at Wayne Manor. I don't like the idea that he would have kept that from Alfred if he's... But he's so pissed at Alfred at this point. He's so mad. And Alfred left him. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm just playing devil's advocate for fun. Yeah. I don't know. You're I, thinking really hard. I, if, if they just cut that from the, the movie, I just think it would be such a stronger ending to have conclusively have him. And, and they go back to, um, uh, to, to Tale of Two Cities and they have that, that quote that Gordon uh, reads of, uh, it's a far better thing that I do now than I've ever done. It's a far, far better rest that I go to now than I've ever known. That's spoken by a guy who is taking someone else's place to go be beheaded. Yeah. He doesn't fake his death. He knows he's going to be beheaded. Right. He, the whole tragedy is that he's, that what makes it so noble is that he knows this is going to happen. Right. And he knows it's the right thing to do, so he goes for it anyway. Yeah, I honestly kind of like the idea of the movie just ending with the explosion. Yeah. That's maybe just me being like, well, it happened. But sometimes I think we have a tendency to like try to button things up so much that it's like, let people wonder. Yeah, I don't even, I don't dislike uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt becoming the next Batman, but I don't need it. If it, yeah, if it ended without that, I would be fine. Yeah. Uh, so would you recommend this movie? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's great. It's a great movie. It's great. We also, I feel like we we need to mention, uh, just as long as we're talking about this movie, we should touch upon the the shooting that took place. Uh, Aurora. And Aurora. Yes. Uh, so basically, there's a let me pull up his name, but there there was a shooting on the, I believe it was the opening night. I don't think that we need to give the shooter's name. Okay, we won't give the shooter's but name. But I think that if you wanted to pull up the names of the people who were killed. That would be something worth mentioning. Uh, I'm not... I don't have a easy access to, to a list of... There's yeah, a lot of people. I do. Okay. Well, during a midnight show in The Dark Knight Rises in Aurora, Colorado, a gunman wearing a gas mask opened fire in a theater, killing 12 people and injuring 58 others. They, they basically... Um, the police caught the guy who... Initial reports, at least, identified, said that he identified himself with the Joker at the time of his arrest. Right. And then this guy was some sort of, he was almost like a real-life supervillain. Like, he had, they went back to his house, and he had all kinds of traps set up. He had a bomb prepared that, luckily, it didn't end up going off. Right. But it was, like, set to go off, like, um... I think if somebody had opened his door in the wrong way or at the wrong time or something, it was going to blow up and take out the entire apartment building. Yeah. Uh, it was the largest um, number of casualties in a shooting until the Pulse nightclub shooting last year. Wow. Uh, Twelve people were killed. They were There were 82 casualties initially reported, um, but the 12 fatalities were... Uh, Jonathan Blunk, who was 26, Alexander Boyk, 18, Jesse Childress, age 29, Gordon Cowden, age 51, 
uh, Jessica Redfield, uh, age 24, John Larimer, 27, Matt McQuinn, 27, Michaela Medeck, 23, Veronica Moser-Sullivan, age 6, uh, Alex Sullivan, age 27, Alexander Teves, age 24, and Rebecca Wingo, age 31. Um, and I think that those are the names that are worth remembering from this. Definitely. Um, especially because it could have been either one of us. I mean, if Absolutely. it happened in Louisville or in Virginia, if you were still living there, like, I went to a midnight showing of Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, just a real tragedy. Apparently they, um, uh, from what I remember, people initially, when this guy in a gas mask walked in and they saw he had a gun, they weren't sure if this was some kind of promotional thing for the yeah. movie. They thought that was a lot of people's initial reaction to it. Yeah. It's a really terrible kind of stamp on the end of this Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah, really, really awful. I believe I'm trying to find confirmation of this. I, I don't see it, but I my memory is that uh, Christopher Nolan went to visit, I mean, uh, Christian Bale went to visit. He did. A lot of the, the uh, casualties, the people were injured. I yeah. think dressed as Batman. Uh, he absolutely did. Um, and um, I think, I mean, Barack Obama went to visit them, according to this Oh, did he really? Media. Good for him. Uh, yeah. World leaders sent um, representatives. Uh, Christopher Nolan made a big comment about it. Um, and I think for... Um, for me, it's one of those things that, like, even if they wanted to do a follow-up series to it, there's no way they could, in good conscience, after what happened. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, I, even before this, I, I don't think it, I think it is yeah. a good place to end, but with that, I, I think it would have been in poor taste. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even, even if this guy's in, in jail and it's so unlikely I think everyone would be a little hesitant to go to a screening of the next movie if they Absolutely. had made one it just makes me keep thinking about that fan film we watched with the trailer yeah yeah which know, will uh, has not been that episode has not been released but we'll talk about it next week oh oops yeah next week that we watch yeah um maybe while you're watching that maybe think about the shooting a little bit that fan begins that fan begins I totally recommend this movie yes very, very great. A lot of fun. Great ending to the trilogy. Uh, let's talk about where Christian Bale, right now we have him at the very top of the list. Let's talk about if he still belongs there on our big list of Batman. Right now, top five. Christian Bale, Kevin Conroy, Will Friedle from Batman Beyond, Michael Keaton, and David Sherman from The Batman Fan Film. I think that if we had canon, the Batman who blows up saving Gotham, mm -hmm. he has to be number one. Yeah. I, th I thought he did a great job. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's just really nothing he did that deserves him going down at all. He, he killed it. Yeah. Except for maybe he should have, you know, been more understanding of Alfred, but oh, that's a character flaw. Yeah. But that's kind of that's Batman. Batman that's is. every Batman movie. Yes, I know. There's one other Batman, moment I would have so change that I don't like what he did where he's um, uh, on the roof with Catwoman and she like goes she he's talking with her and then she like disappears he she sneaks off without mm -hmm. him realizing it 
And then he just is talking to himself. He's like, so that's how that feels. It's like, why is he doing the voice when there's nobody there? He's a dork. Yeah. That's, it was just a dumb moment. That's another thing I would have cut out. But great, great movie on the whole. We would recommend it. Recommend it. Christian Bale, it's the number one. Next week, we're doing The Dark Knight Begins, a fan film with special guest Davidson Boswell. Uh, Wallace, what do you have to plug? Um, Twitter and Instagram, at Amalfi Broad. If you want to see my clown makeup, it's on there. Very cool. Got a nice buckle-colored mouth. Um, oh, God. And also Facebook, you can find me at Wallace Wilder. Uh, I don't really have anything coming up that you can see me in, but I'm sure Danny does. Yeah, uh, i got a few things coming up. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Danny Rathbun, D-A-N-N-Y-R-A-T-H-B-U-N. I'm going to be somewhere on the 24th, but I forgot to write down where it is. Uh, the 26th, I will be doing, I'll be doing both stand-up and improv at the Triple Crown at 8 o'clock. Whoa! Yeah. The 29th, I'm going to be on Invitation to Love Live at QED. It's a live podcast with uh, Invitation to Love featuring Alicia Camden and Nate uh, Wagner. We're on our Batman Forever episode. They're great. They're super funny. Also, yeah. follow them on social media. Yeah, they're both great. Um, that's all I really have coming up. So, uh, we might be in September. I, I mentioned this on our last episode, but in September, there's... We, I have a lot of things coming up. We might be missing a few weeks. We're going to do our best to keep putting things out every week. It's been a great 50 episodes, Wallace. Amazing. 50 episodes. 50 episodes. God damn. You want to lead us in a Kareem? Kareem! Kareem!